I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the author of 16 books, a memoir on the way, and the subject of a documentary, and a long radio series prior to her becoming her own radio show host and podcast host, Florence Byham Weinberg. Uh, and and Doc, for short, I call her Doc, and uh, we welcome you all once again to the Florence Weinberg Show. Uh, Doc, how are you? I'm okay. I'm a little ragged from running from one <laughs> one appointment to another, but uh, but I'm okay and ready to go today. Well, you got you have some energy, and uh, you know. And for those who don't know, you're 89 years young. Am I pushing you? Are you 89? I am 89. Yes, I will be 90 in uh, early December. Oh, amazing! Just, uh, just amazing, and you, uh, you've become like the grandma Moses of media. And, uh, <laughs> you started late, but you're you're all over. You got a documentary. You got, uh, you got visuals. You got uh, the, all the audio, and well, you've been all all this uh, time putting together book after book. Whether the textbook and, uh, and and historic novels and a memoir on the way. So, uh, what's on your mind this week? Uh, I, of course, like everybody else, have been concentrating on the Supreme Court. Uh, I don't usually concentrate on things that uh, everybody else is talking about, but uh, but this time, uh, it just got my attention. So, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about the Supreme Court and sort of give a. Uh, uh, as a wrap-up, maybe, of opinions. I've got three people. Uh, I've got uh, Ruth Marcus of uh, the Washington Post as one of my sources, a major source, by the way. She writes beautifully and cogently and, in my opinion, very balanced uh, opinion pieces. And then there's John Cassidy, uh, also of the Post, I believe. No, no, I think he's in The New Yorker. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in The New Yorker. And then George Will of uh, the National Review, and he also writes for The Post now and then, or at least his National Review articles are redone, re, re, uh, republished, or simultaneously perhaps published in The Post. So those are my three main sources, and um, I will just go after the Supreme Court and... Uh, Talk about what they have done in the in the past uh, little bit, and uh, definitely in the present, and how they came to be configured the way they are, and other things of that sort. Well, listen, you got three very good sources, and uh, and what a subject to take on. I'm looking forward to hearing your take on this. All right. So uh, you know, it's it, people have been following it, but. Uh, maybe you could, you know, uh, start out by uh, telling people who may not have been following the most recent, uh, uh, you know, kind of an overview of what they've been doing. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a wrap up for people uh, who have. I think we lost. We lost the doc. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're be- Doc, you're beeping. I don't know what that is. Uh, I can barely hear those beeps, so they must be on your end. No, they're not. I, I don't know. They're <laughs> to other times and other other cases. 
so I'm opening us up to uh, questions or discussion from you, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of, one of the things that uh, uh, that that threw me is uh, as as we're talking about this, thirty percent uh, is is the number that they they had agreed upon, and yes, uh, you know, do you believe that? <laughs> They became less aggressive since Roe v. Wade um, uh, turned out to be such a, well, I mean, we knew it would be, you know, we knew it would be a lightning rod. But do you think Roe v. Wade and the, the public's reaction to the Supreme Court, um, uh, uh, you know, changing it, um, I, do you think that's why they're skittish? To get involved with uh, with with many other things here, and and of course when they took on uh, affirmative action, that's something that um, the the six all agreed upon. Yes, yes, true. Uh, yeah, I th I think they are running a little scared because of the uh, and Ruth uh, Marcus mentions this uh, that their plunge in public esteem has frightened them. And so they're they're a little uh, a little less aggressive this term. I think that's it. Uh, so uh, some of these minor cases that I enumerated that that were pretty much on the liberal side, uh, they they passed over. They didn't try to nullify them. Uh, but uh, some of the biggies they uh, they still uh, have done. They still the uh, student loan and the uh, uh, and the. Uh, uh, and the admissions policies, of course, uh, Doc, affirmative action. Yeah. Doc, were you surprised by anything that George Will had to say? Uh, not particularly, no. And it is true uh, that uh, Justice Powell uh, said it outright. He said we we're ignoring. He didn't actually mention the 14th Amendment, but he said we are deferring to the, ac the wisdom of academia. Uh, in making this decision to consider race as one of uh, the uh, one of the important factors when you are admitting a student, um, and so it has been that way for uh, for some time now, uh, and now all of a sudden it isn't that way anymore. Uh, so uh, uh, Ruth Marcus uh, marshaled enough evidence that once race is taken away completely from any consideration it sneaks in the back door uh, anyway because you can't help yourself when you're making a judgment even if you think you're not judging on the basis of race you know this person is black and you know that person is white uh, and you give a couple more points to the guy who's white maybe uh, when uh, everything else is on a par so the SAT scores and all the rest, of grade point averages and the and the, uh, the location where the person is coming from and so forth and so on. Um, you give uh, that white boy maybe uh, just one point or two more, and so he'll get in. The black boy won't. Uh, so there you are. I think uh, no matter how uh, how you legislate this. Uh, a black judge is probably going to give the black boy a couple of points, uh, and he's not even aware of doing it. But race is going to be there, even though it's against the law, to consider it. Um, the other thing is this business. Let me go back to the title of this 
the reason um, that major questions doctrine, uh, which says that unless the Congress asks the executive to institute or follow a law that has just been passed by Congress, it will uh, it is unconstitutional to go ahead uh, they, for the executive to go ahead uh, and um, and execute or, or, or pursue or honor the law. And that, to me, uh, it seems an absurd violation of the very structure of our government. Because the Founding Fathers created the government in three different units. The legislative, the, the executive, and the judiciary. And laws are the laws are, are created, they are debated and passed by the legislature and then passed on to the executive. That is how it is supposed to work. Why else, if it's if the laws are going to be passed and then you you hug them to your chest and say, "Oh no, you're not going to play with my toys. I'm keeping them to myself." <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's exactly what this doctrine does. Uh, so, uh, so poor uh, Biden is not supposed to uh, to keep the air clean <laughs> because the. Uh, uh, the law was passed. <laughs> you know, the the thing that stands out. One of the things that really stands out that uh, that you've you and I have ju just talked about, and you you had just spoken about, is that no one brought up Charlottesville. No one brought up the the reason for um, for. Or, or at least what what you underlined as a uh, as an important reason for the affirmative, uh, affirmative action uh, right. vote. And why, why do you think that's so? Why do you think no one brought up um, <laughs> Charlottesville or or anything? I, was it by design or was it just um, an error of omission? I think it's an error of omission. It's a, sort of like. Uh, Poe's story about the purloined letter, uh, where you search every every place and don't find it, but it turns out to be right there on the mantelpiece uh, in front of which you stood to warm yourself in front of the fire every day. Uh, there it was sitting. Uh, it's so obvious <laughs> that uh, that a re reaction by right-wing white people. Uh, to uh, the advancement of other people of color, of other people who are people of color, uh, is uh, uh, major in any of these decisions. I mean, it is it is so so obvious that you don't see it anymore. And I think that's why it didn't it didn't crop up in any of these very brilliant opinion writers. Uh, three excellent, uh, excellent minds. <laughs> And, and writers. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so you never know. It takes a, a little pipsqueak like me to to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, very disturbing on the on the Charlottesville um, uh, situation. Uh, somehow, I, I I hope. And again, this is kind of deviating a little from what we're talking about. But I hope Charlottesville doesn't get lost historically 
and uh, because I, I mean that was a that was a horrendous um, uh, that was a horrendous situation, and of course we had a sitting president say that there were good people on both sides, which uh, yeah, mm-hmm. which uh, was was highly disturbing. I think to uh, to you know reasonable people on all sides of that were, were scratching their heads and and wondering what was going on, and and uh, that was an opportunity for. Um, uh, you know the Supreme Court, or uh, it, you know uh, any uh, anyone for that matter, to to bring it up once again. Um, uh, do you do you think Charlottesville is something that uh, that we're trying to forget as a nation? Uh, it was uh, you know a modern day embarrassment, or uh, do, do people think it's such a hot button issue that it could uh, it could ignite something? Uh, or do you think it's just it's just the type of thing historically that we would overlook after a little while? Well, we haven't really overlooked it. There have been recent Nazi demonstrations, a couple of them, that have been in the news. Uh, they all have their uniforms and they all give the Heil, Heil Hitler salute. Uh, and uh, and they are doc- of course they all read Mein Kampf and believe every word. Uh, it's a sacred uh, scripture to them. Uh, so I I think it is actually uh, that side of the United States has been present since my birth anyway, because America First uh, was a Nazi organization. And I had one of those uh, America Firsters as a teacher in the fifth grade. Um, And she actively persecuted those of us who had fathers who were in the U.S. uh, uh, armed forces. Um, And she damaged most of us uh, psychologically by holding us up to ridicule and uh, and so on and and actually uh, punishing us physically with paddle. A, uh, a one by four um, in the shape of a long paddle. The uh, the business part of it was probably about 18 inches long, and the handle about six. Uh, and there were holes drilled in the business part so as to re- raise welts when they they hit your butt. Uh, and uh, and anyway, so. Uh, those of us who had dads in in the uh, in the forces uh, were paddled if we didn't th- do the right thing. For instance, uh, misspell a word. Uh, in my case, I couldn't see the blackboard. I was sitting in the back of the class, and uh, I didn't know I needed glasses. Nobody knew that yet, but I was very nearsighted, and I couldn't see the blackboard. So. I couldn't see how she had written United States, but she was pronouncing it United States, United States. And so I spelled it U-N-I-N-T-E-D, and I did it repeatedly. So she she had, she had paddled me for being stubborn. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let me ask you something, and, and I, I don't want to deviate uh, too much, but I think it's an important, it's an important question. Uh, Obviously, the paddling and the and the um, uh, the terrible physical uh, punishment that children got at home and in school. You know, you hear a lot of 
folks, and, and I think mostly folks on the right, say, hey, it didn't hurt me any, and I got beat up all the time, and, uh, and yeah. you know, I learned <laughs> my, uh, my manners because uh, a belt was coming, you know. And obviously, I, I think that's terrible, and I never hit any one of my children. I never even threatened to hit uh, one of my children. And uh, and I'm I'm happy with that. And they all turned out to be very well adjusted people and very good people. And the youngest one's 20 year old, you know, is a 20 year old. And and, uh, you know, she's on a, a great track. I, so the thing is, like, I, I I don't look back on my childhood and, and say, boy, that was a boy. That was a much better time before all all of this yeah. and all the technology. And I, I don't look at it like that. Uh no, is there is I there an, is there anything that you look at from the past that you wish uh, were were the truth now or the reality now? Well, I think the uh, the attention to the actual skills that people need in order to be successful in life, such as learning actually how to read, learning right. how to write, learning the English grammar which is no longer taught. Yeah. Uh, so you know why your sentence is not working uh, if you have uh, a sentence with no subject or no verb <laughs> and your punctuation is off. Uh, they do not teach that, and they're no longer teaching cursive writing, which is going to be fatal because they will be cut off not only from the past, they will be, so past research into documents will be impossible for them, uh, but they can't even read their grandmother's thank you notes when they uh, give grandma a gift. Uh, so it's it's fatal to, to eliminate whole areas of learning, which I think are, are fully necessary. If people are going to be using the English language, even on the computer, uh, and able to judge what AI produces um, and critique it for its sometimes uh, lack of uh, grammatical uh, correctness. I mean, you need the tools to do this, and they're not being taught. So that part worries me. As far as the discipline with the paddle, uh, I think uh, no other teacher ever did that. It was the the America First woman who wanted Hitler to win the war. Wow. And uh, and I think physical punishment, as you point out, physical punishment of children is unnecessary. There are other ways of disciplining disciplining the children, and uh, and teaching them by good example. And uh, uh, if they're getting wild and starting to take drugs and so on, uh, uh, that needs special help. You need a counselor and that sort of thing, but. Uh, but you don't beat the tar out of them because they're taking drugs. It's obviously a need uh, that is caused by some difficulty they're having psychologically, which needs to be met. Uh, so anyway, those are <laughs> those are my off-the-cuff ideas about discipline and uh, rearing children and uh, what we're failing to do in our American uh, schools, our public schools. Mm. Is there is there anything and back to the, the you know today's point, is there anything that the Supreme Court has done this version of the Supreme Court uh, that they have done that you've agreed with? Well, the fact that they uh, they uh, did not allow uh, Alabama. Yes, right. 
that, that, to, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Bring that up again. That's, I think that's, that's important major, on the line. It, that that's amazing. Yes. That's a uh, a great. Uh, that's a that's a great uh, uh, strike, and uh, and and a, and a blow towards the anti-democracy movement that uh, that uh, that's going on. I thought that was terrific. Yes, uh, and paying. I mean, this uh, Indian child welfare, um, Native American wild ch- um, uh, child welfare, uh, uh, upholding that. I think. We have uh, mistreated our uh, native people so terribly uh, that the Supreme Court should recognize that and, and legislate accordingly. I'm very pleased about that. It's yeah. a, sm- a small matter, perhaps, uh, but uh, I don't think it's a small matter, but it seems to be looked upon as one. Um, the so, genocide. I mean, <laughs> we, uh, that was our, our, was our version of a genocide, was getting rid of the uh, uh, Native Americans, if that's what, if that's what you're referring to. Yeah, well, no, it's it's about rearing, um, taking the uh, Indian children away and rearing them. Oh, oh, yes, them. yes, no, oh, right. I'm, I stand correct. I thought you meant uh, they were addressing the uh, the sins of the past. Uh, that that I'm sure we're never going to see. No, we can't do anything uh, that would address what we did to the to the native peoples because it was too monstrous, really. Uh, sim- simply shooting a, a human being on sight which is what we were doing, right. uh, eliminating whole families and so on. Of course, they were trying to do the same thing to us, but um, but I think it was probably provoked by the way we were treating them in the first place. Uh, the Apaches are a good example of what was going on between whites and and uh, native peoples. Apaches, uh, whenever we came across them. Well, uh, listen, uh, great job. Doc, on this, and, and your three sources are excellent. Um, uh, anything you'd like to leave us with, uh, a, a final thought here? Uh, well, I think uh, it would be well for all of us to keep a sharp eye on the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, and uh, if President Biden moves to expand the court, um, I think that might be a good idea to have uh, what would it be, 11 or 12 or 13, 13 maybe 13? We'd, we would have to have an odd number, so uh, so we couldn't have half and half yeah. uh, hung, hung court. Uh, so uh, that might be something uh, to actually take seriously and think about. Yeah, very interesting, uh, and you know, we'll see if they can... Uh... Uh, they could pull that off. But, Doc, great job, as always. And uh, as I said, you always seem to pick um, uh, not not people that you necessarily agree with, but you bring excellent sources uh, with you. And uh, I think you do just a wonderful job. And once again, a wonderful job here, Doc. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And to every, everyone out there, we thank you for listening each and every week. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on the Florence by him Weinberg show or the Florence Weinberg short uh, Frank McKay signing off we'll see you next time <laughs>